Hello and welcome to episode 59 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. This week I'm recapping the recent Opens in Slovenia and Serbia and I'm joined by two great guests, the Royal Bengal Nitin Kumar and Slovenia's Benjamin Pratnamer. Before I get into that though, I wanted to touch on the World Darts Federation's big announcement just before yesterday's World Match Play Final. They confirmed the qualification criteria for Lakeside 2022. We'll see 48 men, 24 women, 4 boys and 2 girls compete to become the inaugural WDF World Champions. I know the inclusion of a girls competition is something that Dita Edmund has been advocating for for a long time, as is the increased participation of the women. The players will qualify for those tournaments in this order, so it will be the top 16 players in the ranking list, the main ranking list for the men and 8 for the ladies. It will be all the winners of the platinum and gold ranked events that haven't already qualified through the top 16. Then you will take the number 1 and 2 ranked regional players for the men and just the number 1 for the ladies that haven't already qualified. Now here's a, a difference to the old BDO system. If the top ranked player in a region in the BDO had already qualified, it would be the next highest player who hadn't. Under the WDF, that won't be the case. It will be the top female player, say, in New Zealand, but say that player's already qualified through another means, there won't be an additional regional qualifier. Instead, the places would be backfilled from the main table to take them up to 44 players in the men and, and 22 in the ladies, with those last four and two spots respectively being filled by the qualifier event run at the end of the World Masters in December. There's mention in their press release of a specific finals day. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I think certainly having all four finals on the same day would be quite a cool thing to do. And they said that they're going to be releasing information soon on tickets and accommodation packages for both major events. That's the World Masters and the Lakeside World Championship. Personally, I think it's a great move to get the qualification criteria out there. I think players now know exactly what they're working towards and playing for over the back half of 2021. And if current projections are anything to go by, the 2022 WDF World Championships will be the most international in the history of the event at the Lakeside. Obviously, you know, it used to be the BDO World Championships, but... Even then, you would say it was very British-dominated or very, you know, British and Western Europe-dominated, whereas now we're figuring to have up to, you know, six players from the United States competing in the tournament. You know, feasibly three or four players from Canada. So I think it's going to be fantastic. You're going to have a lot of new faces, and I'm really looking forward to following the action across the globe for the rest of this year and hopefully bringing you guys some, you know, fascinating interviews and, and updates along the way. On to now that the recent action and this past weekend saw the 13th Appertin Open take place in northwestern Serbia. Romania's Lajlo Kadar, who is nicknamed the teacher, he beat local hero Oliver Ferenc in the men's final and Veronika Ihash of Hungary defeated her compatriot Adrian Vaisho in the ladies' final. India's Nitin Kumar made the trip to Serbia from Dubai and while he was a little disappointed to go out in the last 64 of the Men's Open, he still managed to join the show to talk how he's coped with COVID over the last 18 months, the state of the Indian game, and his driving goal for the rest of this year. 
I am now delighted to be joined by one of India's top dart players, Nitin Kumar. How are you, Nitin? Doing well, Andrew. Doing well. Hope all is well with you too. Yes, good, thank you, mate. It's good to have you on the show. You're on your way home now, actually, from the Appleton Open in Serbia. And I know that an exit in the last 64 isn't what you wanted, but how was your, your weekend in Serbia? Uh, it was well, actually. Uh, didn't play, I mean, played well. Unfortunately, of course, just playing well doesn't guarantee you results. So it's uh, it's another, uh, you can say it's another statistic that I have to bear with. you got to play well, you got to win as well. i got to convert these games into wins, and uh, that's what I'm here for, for experience. And was that your first event back in person since the start of the pandemic last year? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, it was my first tournament. I mean, uh, just a hope. Whenever they said let's go for bull, uh, I'd just uh, be a, <laughs> I'd just be full of nerves. I couldn't even release my dart after the first leg was done. Then I was like, okay, now I can breathe a sigh of relief, and now it's it's fine. Now we can get on with business. But uh, yeah, it's it's there. Whoever you play with, it's just there. I know you were you were looking at going to Gibraltar earlier in the year. That didn't quite work out. But what was it that prompted you to to go to the event in Serbia this weekend? Honestly, it was the first event I could get to without, you know, having to quarantine or anything. So Gibraltar and even uh, Slovenia that happened earlier last week, I couldn't get to them because of quarantine protocol. So Serbia was sort of fine. I didn't, uh, I wasn't required to quarantine, so I just booked a flight and came home. In terms of these events, are you just trying to get out there and get playing again because you haven't been able to? Or are you trying to collect ranking points with the aim of qualifying for, for the World Championships at Lakeside? It's a bit of both. I mean, honestly, yes, I would love to actually have enough uh, points collected so I could actually play at Lakeside. It's uh, that'll, that'll be a wonderful opportunity. But uh, it's it's not the main thing on my mind. I really want to get better. Uh, the last the last almost two years has been me doing nothing else but just practicing and practicing at home, playing a lot of online games. But uh, playing an actual match when compared to an online game, it's a total. It's a totally different ball game, and uh, that's what I want to get back. The the game I know is there mentally. I got to, uh, you know, uh, tighten a few screws, as you would say. In terms of the the coronavirus, I hope that we are approaching the end with it now. What's been your experience with it out in Dubai? In Dubai, um, they they have been pretty pretty good when it comes to vaccinating everyone. I mean. They're one of the best in the world at it right now in, uh, with, uh, in regards to the facilities that they're providing for vaccinations and also safety protocols and everything. Uh, in that way, it's been wonderful. However, of course, you know, uh, it's still uh, a player like me. I would actually like to travel and actually play the tournaments, even though the darting scene in Dubai is good. To be fair, there are quite a few good players there. Got to get better still. Got to keep going out. So that that was the issue. It was the travel uh Travel restrictions that were placed that hurt me quite a bit. In Dubai, it's fine. I, I can I can get to work and I can practice, but uh, playing actual matches is where uh, I will improve. The pandemic's been quite a you know challenging period for people in terms of their mental health. How have you found it in terms of your well-being? Uh, it's been quite hard. It, uh, the first six months when uh, I had to work from home after uh, you know the first first three four days, it feels like a small vacation. And uh, after that, you feel like you're locked uh, in a prison cell. Of course, I'm not comparing it to actual uh, actual terms, but uh, it does feel that you're locked up, you can't even get out. And uh, that's something that I haven't been 
uh, used to for the last at least six, seven years. I've constantly been going for tournaments. Every month I have at least something happening or I'm playing in matches outside in my uh, in the local leagues. I couldn't do any of that. So that sort of uh, hit me. But well, you know, darts is one thing that helps you get over all of this stuff. And uh, yeah, darts kept me mentally strong. And I'm sure last year a huge source of frustration for you was the PDC World Championship, the event you'd been at the last two years. You missed out and uh, Amit Gilitwala had the, the spot instead. As far as you understood it, what was the reason he got the spot and you missed out? It's, I can give you a huge backstory to it, but I'll maybe give it to you in brief. Um, the IDC, uh, sorry, the IDF, which is the Indian Darts Federation, they normally hold uh, the PDC qualifiers in India. All right, and uh, of course, uh, I play for an association called the IDC, which is the Indian Darts Council. We broke away from the IDF because stating that, you know, the tournaments that they held weren't enough in number. They'd have only one nationals a year, and apart from that, no other tournaments. So we needed players to play a lot more tournaments so they could get better. So sending people across the Asian circuit like Malaysia and South Korea and even trying to get us all to Japan for tournaments, that's what we kept doing. While IDF have been very sort of standstill and not been doing much, which is why we broke away from them. At the same time, when we had our last qualifier, which was in 2019, for which I went for the World Championships, uh, we had a parallel national tournament, which was the IDC Nationals, and you had the IDF Nationals as well. So the PDC qualifier was held by IDF, which I participated in, and I won. Uh, however, the IDF Nationals was played at the same time, and Amit won that. So he is ranked IDF's number one player, so without holding a qualifier last year, they just sent him across. And Amit, someone you, you, I'm sure you know at least somewhat because you played in the PDC and WDF World Cups together before. But obviously, I guess you felt that, you know, in terms of playing, you were the, the stronger player. Uh, I mean, I, I know I'm the stronger player. Amit knows that as well. Of course, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, derail what he's done. I mean, he, he's done amazing for his age and for Indian darts. All right, and he's a stand-up guy. He's a really nice, nice kid. Uh, I really support him in that way. However, I would rather prefer, you know, to keep the politics out of it and just put darts where it is. If you're the best player, represent the country, take pride in it, which is what I have always tried to do. And even when Amit did go, I have a problem with the organization and what they do. I don't have any problem with Amit doing what he. He can. If he, hey, if he, if he played better, great. If he played worse, also, it's fine. I know that he's giving it 110 percent when he's representing the country, and for that, I respect him. And you touched on it already that the darts in India. I know there are sort of two ruling bodies now. Where do the the WDF events fall, or the WDF? Where does that fall within India's ruling bodies? The, the WDF events fall under IDA, which is All India Darts Association, which. Uh, we broke away from them also close to, it's been, I think, since 2012. It's been close to 10 years since we broke away from them. Uh, citing the same things, there was a lot of, uh, lot of uh, you can say, swindling of money and funds and all going in. And uh, we all noticed that. We asked for, you know, the, <clears throat> we asked for reasons as to why all this and all was being done because it was affecting us as the players. And uh, we never got any replies and then, Close to around 200 players 
moved away from the association and then we started the IDF which is the Indian Darts Federation which right now of course handles PDC in India and of course we have had our issues with them as well because uh, in the start of course you're doing really well you're you're starting out you're organizing a lot of tournaments everyone is pally and all that stuff and then once you actually start getting a few good badges under your name you start uh, slacking off and that's what's been happening uh, and in a country like India where uh, we we do have a humongous population of course that, it doesn't go like that for darts we do not have that much of a number when it comes to darts players but uh, the growth is there and uh, to support that growth in the right way you need the organization to lead from the front and we haven't had that unfortunately and i know in terms of popularity darts is you know a reasonable way down the pecking order in india how do you feel the last 18 months with with covid how do you think that's going to have affected the, the scene in india it has affected it quite a bit just uh, because, um, again, no, no tournaments have been held. There was one tournament that was held under the IDC, which was uh, the West Bengal uh, State Championships, for which I went to in uh, the earlier earlier this year, I think, end of Jan. And uh, I went, I played for that amidst all the pro- COVID protocols and everything. I could go. I didn't have that many issues. I came back. I played that tournament. Uh, again, but uh, IDF haven't organized anything and IDA as well haven't organized anything. So since COVID struck, uh, they haven't held anything. And uh, that is, again, something that's affecting everyone. We haven't been able to organize any actual tournaments. So there are a few online tournaments that are being held. There are a few players who are active online. Uh, it's the Indian Virtual Cup that they hold. And I think it's they've held seven or eight tournaments overall so far. Uh, but again, most of the best players aren't there. So that also is affecting everyone. Now, uh, when when we get out of all of this um, uh, dilemma and everything on, of COVID and we get back to normal darts, I fear that our best players are still two years behind when it comes to practice and experience. And there'll be a lot more newer players uh, fighting them to actually get the top spots. And I suppose also you're going to have a problem that, you know, from what I've understood, you know, when I've heard you do interviews in the past, there's a lot of sort of social players in India who aren't maybe taking it to the same seriousness that you are and maybe, you know, not being able to play for the last 18 months. Maybe that will just stop them playing altogether. Yes, exactly. That's uh, that's something that definitely will hurt us. Uh, there's a lot of club culture, as uh, as you can say, in India where... Most people do play in clubs and that's their social gatherings with families and all. And darts is one of those extracurricular activities with snooker and badminton and table tennis and stuff like that. So many of them play over there. I'm a wild guess would be close to 4,000, 5,000 people who play in all these clubs. And that many people actually do know, uh, do know the rules of darts and they actually do play darts. However, of course, they are social darters and... Uh, uh, 95% of them wouldn't even come for serious tournaments just thinking that, hey, you know what, the likes of Amit is there and, you know, Nitin is there, Ashok is there and we aren't even going to win anything. So why waste our time and come over there? I'd rather come and just watch the matches. So that's how the mind frame of most social daters are. All right. And uh, yeah, now with everything being closed down, I think they would have forgotten darts altogether. In terms of the, the PDC World Championship, to go back to that, you were there in 2018 and then came back 2019. And when you came back and played Brendan Dolan, you put a good 13 points on your average in that game. Do you feel that the second time round, 
you gave a far more representative account of, of what you can do on that stage. Yes, I definitely uh, definitely feel I did. Uh, the first time it was it was a it's a monster of a stage that and uh, I, I couldn't handle the pressure. That's uh, that's about it. I can't. I don't have any other reasons. I just couldn't handle the pressure. Uh, I didn't have the bottle for it, and uh, that's why I didn't uh, play that well against uh, this one. However, the second time against Dolan, I sort of knew what to expect and got myself uh, mentally ready for it, and I was able to do a, a show show something better of myself i do know I, I can do a lot better i have been able to do a lot better of course the stage will always take uh, take a toll on you uh, but that's something that i can only get uh, adjusted to with more and more experience of course i mean there is an awful lot to take in with the crowd and the the television and the the noise of the venue and as you say it's a massive stage as well so I guess the second time round, when you'd seen it all before and experienced it all before, you were going to be better mentally prepared anyway. Yes, it was definitely a lot more easier, yes. Looking ahead for the rest of the year, do you think they're going to be able to run a qualifier for, for this World Championship coming up in India? Uh, I, I honestly have, have my doubts. Uh, it's of course I do know that if it is held, it will be held under the best uh, safety measures and everything. That for sure would be there. I really do doubt whether the government will allow anything to happen though, and uh, that's that's the only thing I I don't think even the organisation can do anything at this point. It just uh, depends on the government and the state of our healthcare infrastructure over there at that particular time. Earlier this year, your agreement with Target Darts came to an end. Was that an amicable split between yourselves and them? Uh, yeah, it, it, it was. It was all right. Um, I, I do love the brand. I've loved the brand ever since I started Darts, uh, mainly because I was a huge fan of uh, Barney at the start, and then when Phil Taylor moved to Target, I, I don't know, I, I was even more over the top, and. Um, with the way the brand has moved, uh, I mean, they've grown and evolved. I, I really do like uh, the whole portfolio that the brand uh, shows out. And um, for me, first of all, getting chosen by Target as well, that was like a dream come true for me. Uh, I still firmly feel that the eight flights are the best uh, shaft and flight locking system I've ever played with. Um, it's wonderful. Um, however, I couldn't... Uh, I couldn't uh, make up whatever they required because they also needed me to play a lot of soft tip and India is 100% steel tip, so which required me to travel quite a bit more and of course I, I don't have any sponsors, I, I spend uh, my own money to go for all these tournaments. So not being able to go for soft tip of course didn't help my case. Um, but that, that's basically it. Even right now that I'm in Dubai, it's even a lot more harder for me to actually pursue soft tip since I'm even more further away from Southeast Asia. Do you think any deal with another manufacturer is on the table at the moment? Uh, I have gotten a few offers. Uh, none of them, uh, none of them meet my requirements right now. Uh, but however, I'm I'm pretty sure there would be something that's on the table. Something would be coming up. I'm I'm, I'm just waiting till then. You know. Uh, just practice my best, do my best. That's all it is. In terms of playing for the rest of the year, I know you were looking for information for, for the events in Russia, the Kalashnikov Open, the Salavayev Cup. 
what information yes. did you, you get about those events and why particularly were you looking at doing those ones? Uh, main, mainly Russia because, uh, it, again, the quarantine procedures are a little more easier. It's not that hard. Uh, and also from Dubai, it's a lot more easier for me to get to Russia and also get the Russian visa. Um, for me, heading anywhere towards uh, down under, that's Australia or New Zealand, would be not only very expensive, but it would be uh, quite time-consuming as well. Because uh, since I do work in Dubai, I do have a lot of number of days off in a year and spending more days on travel just hurts me quite a bit so russia is just maybe time and convenience so that's why i was i had my uh, dates keyed on for that and what kind of information did you manage to get from them oh uh, yeah i was able to get the the venue the of course dates of the tournament uh, the area because uh, russia is massive i didn't even know which airport to actually land or <laughs> land in i didn't know what tickets to get so i've sort of gotten all of that out of out of the way and uh, I'm, it's uh, it's a bronze level tournament. That doesn't mean they aren't going to be good players over there. So I still got to do my best at mm. the tournament as well. So you will be planning to go to, to the one in August? Definitely, yes, definitely. I, I plan on going for every every event that I can, at least one, one tournament a month. And if they are maybe a week apart, maybe play two of them. So that's, that's what I want to do. I want to go for all of them, as many as I can. Hmm. And it's all about building up that match practice and match preparedness for, for you know whatever comes in a few months' time, whether that's PDC Worlds, WDF Worlds, Q School, whatever it might be. Yes, anything. I mean, uh, right now I'm I'm just looking at the Q School because uh, if if we do have a qualifier and the World Championships happen, well and good. I I I'm gonna try and get myself ready for that. If uh, I do play well in some of these events, then I do get a chance to actually go to Lakeside. That's great as well. However, I do know that uh, all this is just me getting ready for Q School at the end of the day. And uh, if I go to Q School and can't show that I can actually play according to a few expectations that everyone has of me, it's no use. So this is mainly me getting ready for Q School. Hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time this morning, Nitin. I really do appreciate it and look forward to seeing you in Russia and then hopefully... Catching up with you at the World Masters or the World Championship at the end of this year, start of next year. Definitely. Thank you, Andrew. I'll, I'll do my best. Hopefully, yes, I'll be there. It was an absolute pleasure talking to Nitin. He was someone I've wanted on the show for a little while. And I really fancy him to go well in those events in Russia that we spoke about in August and September. The week before the Appleton Open, we had the first ever Slovenian Open in Ljubljana, the nation's capital. Slovenia only became a WDF member nation last year, uh, and they've you know gone straight into their event. They had forty-eight men and nine ladies, all in all. And you know you had players from Poland, Italy, Serbia, Romania, and Hungary all participating in the events. But when all was said and done, the two titles remained in Slovenia. Moicha Music, I've definitely butchered her name there, but she won the ladies' singles. She actually needed a last leg decider to, to beat one of her compatriots to win the ladies' singles. And then in the men's event, it was tournament director Benjamin Prattnamer who came away with top honours thanks to a 7-2 win over Silvo Giovanni. I caught up with Benjamin last week to talk his role in organising the event whether entries were above or below his expectations, winning the title when all was said and done, 
and how he's planning to gun for the WDF World Championships at the beginning of next year. I am now delighted to be joined by Slovenia's top dart player, Benjamin Prattnamer. Benjamin, how are you? Good, thank you. You? I'm very well, thank you. It's nice to speak to you. Last weekend, you won your third career WDF ranking title in Slovenia. How nice was it to be back playing darts again? Yeah, it was very nice. Yes, I I win third uh, VDF tournament and it was on my Slovenian ground, so it was perfect. And to play some good tournaments is okay after the COVID lockdown. So, yes. You were also tournament director for the Slovenian Open, so you must have had a very busy day. Yes, <laughs> not just a day. I... I would say it was month or week, week at least, it was busy. Uh, and this day, yes, all busy, it's everything I need to do, yes, it was very busy. And what are the COVID regulations like in Slovenia at the moment? In Slovenia, it's, it's so that uh, regulation change every week so this is the most difficult for dark players and uh, to create some tournament because uh, always something change and then you must change this is very hard and i remember reading that you work as a physiotherapist so how has covid affected your working life uh, yes i finished school this year and then go work in hospital, but I work only six months because of COVID and all that uh, stuff. Uh, so at, at the moment, I don't work as a physiotherapist, uh, but when COVID gone, I will find a job. That was the first WDF event in Slovenia. Is that something that you and other people have been working towards for a long time? I will hard, hard to say for a long time because uh, at the first I don't play so very long time and uh, Slovenia become the member of VDF uh, last year. Uh, so it was or it is some start for uh, Slovenian still dart. Uh, it's hard in Slovenia because uh, a lot of people or most of people play electronic dart and just uh, some group of people play steel dart too. So it's, it is some start for, for everything. There were 48 men and 9 ladies in the event. Was that more than you were expecting or less? It was less. At least I expect 40 Slovenian people to come or 40 Slovenian partners to come to play. Uh, and it's only 30 to come. At the national nationals, it was last month, it was 83 players mm. uh, in Slovenia, in steel. So uh, I expect uh, at least half, but... Maybe COVID and other stuff 
making that that only 30 player from Slovenia come. Hmm. Maybe next year better. So are you hoping to be able to run the event next year and, and attract more people? Uh, yes, I hope. Uh, at the first, I hope that will COVID gone and uh, we will we will more uh, more people come to event and uh, will be more relaxed to play. Now you said that you haven't been playing darts very long. How did you actually first start playing the sport of darts? Really dark to play. Uh, I accidentally started to play in some pub. Uh, we watching football or soccer, not football, soccer. And uh, this pub start co to compete in uh, some lower league here in my town. And there, there we are. Uh, one one man short to go to play. It's a team competition. So I go with them and pretty good play. So they invite me to start playing for the team. What year did you actually start playing with that team? Aha, uh -huh. what year? It was uh, 2011. Hmm. And then in 2018, you won the Hungarian Masters and the Hungarian Classic in the same weekend. How big was that weekend for your confidence as a an international dart player? Yeah, that was a great weekend. Um, I really started practicing and to compete on the higher level somewhere in 2016, 2017. I started to practice a little bit harder. Uh, so this uh, win tournament, weather tournament, it was great for me for confidence. Hmm. Yes, and I watched a video of those finals, and in both finals, you hit a checkout and you thought you'd won, but you hadn't won, and then you had to go again. Yes. Yes, that was uh, how I can say that was uh, first time to play uh, from crowd to watching me and some cameras and that that a little bit nervous all around. Uh, <laughs> yes, I miscalculate two times, but I win. <laughs> exactly, you still won. In, well, the end of 2019, you qualified for the PDC World Championships. What was that like playing in front of such a large and noisy crowd? Yes, to be honest, uh, I didn't realise that crowd was there. Uh, I was somewhere in another world uh, and uh, I didn't even occur to them when when they was there so it's strange but uh, yeah i i was playing okay so hmm. yeah that is hmm. and and in general what are your memories from that game with justin pipe 
this double ten <laughs> always <laughs> in memory. Some other thing I don't remember. I was going to say in that fourth set you missed those match darts. Did that sort of stay with you for a long time, that missed opportunity? No. I'm not that kind of person to to take this to long term to I I forget forgot this set um, and I try to compete uh, and maybe next year or or I don't know five years maybe again to to make a chance to go to play. Hmm. Justin is quite a slow player. What were the challenges of, of playing someone who's very slow in their throw? It's not uh, a really challenge for me because I'm slow too. Uh, so for me, it's not a challenge. You were the second Slovenian to play in a World Championships after Osman Kijamet 10 years before you. So, did you speak to him before the tournament for some advice? Uh, no, no, I didn't speak uh, at all with him uh, before going to London. Uh, I speak then once after that. It's when you spoke to him. What did he say to you? How it is? Uh, how you get? Uh, it's anything change? Uh, the thing like this, uh, nothing special. And then last year, just before everything all shut down with COVID, you played on your first Euro Tour event over in Belgium. Did that make you hungry to get more opportunities like that on a bigger stage? Yes, of course. Uh, I love to play big tournament and uh, play against uh, better players than me. Uh, yeah, COVID changed everything, uh, so maybe in the future we could play again like we have uh, playing. Uh, yeah, maybe next week I go to Budapest and try to to reach the European Tour again. This weekend there is an event in Serbia, are you still planning to go? Yes, uh, I go tomorrow in uh, in Serbia, yes, in Apatin, to play this VDF uh, tournament. Um, I hope for the best. Uh, yeah, we start to collect points, so we must go around and collect some more. <laughs> Are you planning to play in, in other events this year? Uh, yeah, like I said... Uh, Next week is, I think, uh, it's gonna be uh, Pro Tour, uh, European Tour qualifier for Budapest and Gibraltar. I plan this. Uh, then, to the end of the year, I plan uh, Praga, Budapest, maybe Italy. This is VDF tournaments, and of course, a qualification for World Cup. Mm, yes, the World Championships. In England yeah, next yeah, year. It will be good to hopefully see you there if you keep picking up the points. <laughs> yes, I hope. Perfect. Thank you very much for your time, Benjamin. I really appreciate it. Yeah, 
Thank you too very much. I had a really good time talking to to Benjamin. He was actually a little concerned about how his English would hold up and he apologised profusely for for his English, but I thought he did a tremendous job and and I can honestly say that his English is and probably will always be far better than my Slovenian will be. Thank you to both Nitin and Benjamin for their time this week and thank you very much for listening if you've got this far. By the time the podcast is out, my review of July's action will probably be live on the WDF's website, which is pretty cool. So thank you to, to Richard Ashdown again for the opportunity. As is as is tradition, August is quite a quiet month on the World Dutch Federation or back in the day BDO calendar. There are only two events scheduled for, for August at the moment. That's the Silver New Zealand Open, which is on the 4th of August. And then the bronze-rated Salaviev Cup, which is on the 22nd, 23rd of the month. Next week, uh, I'll be back and we'll have two firsts on the show, which should make for a good listen. So look out for that. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at amsinclair97. You can follow the podcast at Inside the WDF. You can like the Facebook page at Inside the WDF. And then you can rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Stay safe and I'll see you next time.